0: Uh, to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy?
1: The University of Kentucky can go to hell. C.J. Frederick is a Wildcat no more. The senior, 6'3", 185 pounds, hailing from Cincinnati, Ohio, is returning home. Is he a hometown hero? Is he replacing Jeremiah Davenport as our new hometown hero? Either way, this is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. Indeed it is. And I'm glad you did not
0: bury the lead in this case. We are talking Took about it off mate, the, not the jump. Curse there. I thought we were getting an F-bomb in the introduction. i got to be honest. The discipline impressed me. That's a seasoned vet who's now in Season 5 of his podcasting career. Uh, That speaks volumes about your maturity and your growth as an individual. But, Hummer, I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm glad it's how we're kicking off this podcast. The biggest news in Cincinnati Bearcat land is that Wes Miller has filled another spot via the transfer portal cj frederick a transfer as you alluded to from the kentucky wildcats of lexington kentucky has decided to return to his roots of cincinnati ohio and play for west miller this is a player who actually was connected to cincinnati before he decided to go to the kentucky wildcats a couple of years ago Um, and he has struggled with injuries he was out for a season um, and then he played throughout most season hampered by injuries as well, which did impact some of the shooting splits It allowed it. It definitely diminished what was a otherwise incredibly productive offensive career at Iowa during his first two years as a college basketball player. But there's no doubt in my mind, Humber, this is a really good get for the Cincinnati Bearcats in terms of what he can do from a floor spacing standpoint. He is a dynamite shooter. Two out of three seasons of his college career. He's been one of the best shooters in the in the in college basketball he is a guy that, that has knocked down three pointers at a 46 47 clip two different seasons he if you look at his offensive readings and in terms of how his teams play when he's on the court they're phenomenal uh when you look back at that 2021 iowa team and a team that was loaded with luke garza they were one of the most prolific offensive teams in the country who had the best offensive rating on the team CJ Frederick it's a guy that that has gravity that makes a difference when he's on the court and it's a very big get for West Miller
1: it seems to be one of those everybody have been clamoring for that go-to score I think this is the perfect example of you not needing necessarily a go-to score you need a guy who's going to be able to contribute in a positive way to the offense to open up opportunities for not only himself being off catch and shoot But then, like you said, four spacing, giving guys room to work. Someone's always going to have to be over there guarding CJ if he's down in the corner, always got to keep an eye on him. So I think this is, this is a a really good piece that's going to make the offense be able to play a style that we like more than the selfish hero ball we've been used to. And considering the fact that, you know, there is other names that we're attached to, you know, uh, Semus from from Seamus? Seamus Semus
0: Semus. That's what I'm going C-Moss. with. Semus. I'm, I'm saying Semus Lico- Lucos uh, via yo, Lithuania via Butler, who's still rumored to the Bearcats, but it's not final by any means. He's also connected to BYU. He's connected to Oklahoma State. I don't want to dive into him too much. Because Who goes again, to BYU?
1: I, I got I got a little antidote here about BYU because this this happened to me. It didn't happen to me. It's something I observed. I was walking down the mean streets of Brooklyn, uh, taking my daughter to school, and I saw this woman wearing a a shirt that that said sex, (laughs) and it had a line crossed out through it. And uh, it said the BYU Young Virgins Club. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help but think like, what the hell is going on? or not going on at BYU. Why do you want to go to BYU? You know, I heard nothing about like, Oh, we want the college experience, the virtual. So why do you go to BYU for the college experience?
0: You know, I, in the, I, I'm looking forward on this podcast episode. One of the things I wanted to get into was ranking reasons that players make decisions on where to go In, in the transfer portal. Are you going because of money? Are you going because of coach? Are you going because of the the winning culture? Or are you going because of the the what do absence you call of, it? The,
1: the absence of sex. <laughs> the absence of sex.
0: <laughs> maybe you
1: young virgins club.
0: For some people, Danny Ainge, maybe.
1: Well, more power to you uh, if that's what you're what you're going there for. But either way, back to the point: that if that we were talking about how like if we're trying to compare games, that he's more comparable to Jeremiah Davenport. Doesn't bring a lot on the defensive end, you know. Kind of maybe maybe a little bit better of a shooter, but well,
0: that's why that that's why I wanted to
1: the game better. That's
0: why I wanted you to pump the brakes. I've done some I've done some video study of old Simus Lucotius, and I would I would pump the brakes on comparisons to jeremiah davenport there are differences that is is music to my ears statistical profiles have some similarities but in terms of where they're at in their development curve where they're at in terms of how they play the game how they see the game and the types of plays they can make with the ball in their hands quite different
1: offensively music to my ears how's how's he fit in then after you've watched watch the tape what are you seeing if if that lands with cj isn't this the fun part where we get to kind of like hy- hypothesize? I, what this I, I, I like
0: hypothesizing, but here's the thing. Oh,
1: you like... gonna, gonna take the Justin Williams stance. Aren't you? No, you're, you're not going to make predictions here. You got to earn us talking
0: about you in, in detail on a Cincy Slangen podcast. Okay. We we're looking for a commitment. We're looking for you to put a ring on it before we go in depth on your game and how it fits with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Do we, are we interested in him as a player and, and can see some optimism in terms of what he could add to the team, absolutely. There's things. In fact, if you look in the Discord, I've sent it to a few people. Some highlights of of how he compares this game. Who his favorite player is. Um, things that he thinks he does well on the basketball court. It's out there. The videos are out there on YouTube if you're curious to dive in. But in terms of hearing it on this podcast, you got to commit first. I'm not. I'm not giving you a full breakdown. If you're someone who could just, you know, I'm
1: not gonna I didn't watch slide into
0: that. the into the uh, abstinence Get of it. BYU eventually.
1: You just gotta answer one question for me, then we can move on then from 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 talking about this. All right, you ready? In any of these comparisons of his players and who he thinks he's like, did he pull the Mama do Diara and compare himself to Michael Jordan?
0: He basically did the European version of that by comparing himself to Luka Doncic.
1: All right. <laughs> God. I love I love these kids. I love it. Yeah, there's just no who, who do you think your game is most like? only the greatest players playing the game <laughs> who gets who gets buckets on this team cj who who's
0: the biggest bucket getter on the team me with a straight <laughs> face you know who we should talk about Humber? we should talk about a, li- a little bit more about cj and what role he fills how it might change the outlook or doesn't change the outlook in 2023-24 for the basketball team and again Roster is not finalized. I don't want to go full bore in terms of, you know, making predictions and, and putting our stamp on exactly how we think this, this shakes out long-term. But I do think that you kind of hit on it already. CJ is a, is a floor spacer. He's a guy who can move off the ball. And he's a guy who, who has extensive experience playing college basketball on winning programs that played tournament basketball. So from a habit standpoint, from an understanding of basketball standpoint, basketball IQ. Is he it- the only one on the
1: roster who has tournament experience?
0: I, f- I would have to think he is. Yeah. Right now. I think he is. Landers Nolly would have had tournament experience. He's gone. What Odie
1: have- Odie did West he, Wake Forest? I don't think they made it. They weren't, they weren't too hot. No tournament experience. Temple
0: has not made a tournament. So Jamil Reynolds has, does not have tournament experience. None of the Bearcats, none of the none of the none of the Bearcats have tournament experience right now, so CJ
1: is bringing that
0: vital Newman maybe
1: Newman has has Clemson made it. That's a good call.
0: You know what? Let's put our crack research team on that, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll circle back on it. But yeah, scale of one to ten, how excited are you for CJ Frederick? How big of a get
1: is this for West Miller? It's a huge get. You needed a win from the transfer portal. You needed because of the of what we. Well, it's no secret. We've been going after high profile transfers. Basically, everybody that was in the top, you know, if you were in the top 50 and you answered the portal, chances are you got called by Wes Miller. A couple of them showed serious interest, serious interest for a period of time that we ultimately ended up losing, uh, particularly Aaron Strada to to Alabama. It's good to get a win from a player who, frankly, there's a lot of upside here. Right, It's not, I don't think there's a whole lot of downside you bringing C.J. Frederick onto the roster. Either he plays the same as you, you know what he did or he exceeds it or he exceeds what he did in the past season and that's a win. That is a win for this team. We don't have or we haven't had in a while what you would consider a, a knockdown shooter. If you get a guy who's going to hit three-pointers at 41, 46%, I don't care how often you take them, Take 100, right? <laughs> make me 46 of them. I don't care. Right. And it, I think that's a huge upgrade having a piece like that on the roster who has that potential. They have done it. You know, you're going to get, they have the whole offseason and potentially two years with, with this player. So I think it's a huge get. I think it's a, it's a great way to not have to fill another roster spot next year in the portal. So I think it's a great way that we're kind of we're filling out the roster that we're gonna have some some waterfall effect when it comes to bringing in recruits and, and filling more spots next year.
0: He's a stopgap player. I think it is a good get for Wes Miller. I think it's a type of player that is aided by the fact that he's from Cincinnati, Ohio. And the more I've surveyed I've surveyed some some players, Hummer. I'm trying to get a grasp on on what drives movement in the transfer portal because I think you and I gravitate to the concept that money talks and it talks the loudest. It's the loudest talking thing in the room. There's nothing that that speaks more volumes than the depth of the green that you can offer someone. Um, but I, I am open-minded to the fact that there are going to be other motivators. And I think one of the bigger motivators that can exist is the idea of a homecoming. It's the idea of playing in front of your family and having that support system around you. And in this case, I'm assuming that that our Nil was was strong enough and and got the job done and and was able to incentivize c j to, in fact, fulfill his wishes to come to Cincinnati. But I also think that there's there's an innate desire there to play at home, and that's what allows us to fend off the legs of West Virginia and Oregon, two schools who have immensely deep pockets and are incredibly aggressive in the portal. and you see it with Al Huggins is is going about things over at West Virginia. That's tough to fend off but in this case the the combination of west miller his ability to develop the relationship and that goes back now 2 years but also the fact that we're in Cincinnati, Ohio and we do have a an NIL infrastructure in place that like we're not calling weak we're not calling we're not calling non-existent we're saying it exists it's not god level but it's there and it's able to it's able to get the the, the job done in this case
1: uh- what's what's the right way to say this we're we're comparing ourselves me and you or me in particular whoever i'm not going to speak for you when we're comparing the nil and we're talking about who are we losing to you know we're talking about tier one and and i think so uh, the top top tiers of nil that's where we aspire to be we're going to the best conference in basketball in the country we're trying to get some of the best recruits in the country we're going to be squaring off against schools that have the highest tier to the point where there's all kinds of rumors flying around about what guys are getting paid. Who knows what's actually true, what's actually false? But I heard somewhere in the neighborhood of Aaron Estrada getting offered, you know, seven figures plus a buyout for for Hofstra. And what the hell is my... a
0: buyout for Hofstra? By the way, I I'm I was thinking about I
1: thought about this. I thought about this because I was reading uh, Matt Ruiz that that is name down there in Miami. One of the players in Miami has a Sean Ruiz, I, John Ruiz, John Ruiz. He the one of their players, and I can't remember the name. Doesn't matter two year NIL deal. So if you have a two year NIL deal and you go to transfer, if you want to transfer, I'm guessing there's probably a contractual obligation there. And that that school who wants to purchase you, sorry, purchase you, (laughs) offer you an NIL deal to come to your school would in fact probably have to reimburse the NIL entity or buy out that contract that you have entered into with that entity to represent them with your name, image, and likeness. So I imagine there's actually going to be excess payments to fulfill contractual obligations these players are entering into that go beyond just what is being given to the player upfront. So I'm imagining maybe just, and I don't know, I said, it's a rumor, but either the way, if that's the case, these NIL funds are going to be massive. You're talking Texas got seeded with $10 million right off the bat. Yeah. We celebrated a $50,000 match. Texas was funded with $10 million to start Tennessee said some crazy number that they want to have $25 million or whatever. I know they haven't hit that goal, uh, but you're, you're seeing teams in Texas in particular is where I've been paying attention to this because Texas has a law that they have to disclose NIL deals apparently. And with that, you're seeing rosters starting to, to hit the neighborhood of four, $5 million a year as of right now for payroll on some of these, some of these schools that's where i'm worried that's where i'm saying maybe we're, we're, we're maybe we're happy with where we're at but maybe we're not where we really need to be to win some of these larger battles which is why we have lost an aaron estrada we lost an isaiah collier right it might be that usc is in california it's a great location that's fine but at the end of the day they were able to offer intangibles that that go beyond you know the or women.
0: tangibles or tangibles
1: I'm going. I'm going to say more that that creative agency. It's that what's called the creative agency that's out there. They do have a rabid football fan base. When they're winning, they fill the, They play in the freaking Rose Bowl, right? They have a donor base. They're in LA. I
0: pump the brakes. Right? They're gonna, calling
1: them rabid. I've seen plenty of pictures of a stadium that's, fair. that's that's quite putrid. Fine, everybody can have that when you lose, but it doesn't matter. My point is, USC doesn't have a historically good basketball program. It's not some powerhouse. It's nowhere near a blue blood. Go down the street to UCLA. That's a powerhouse basketball program, not USC. You don't go to USC and think, you know what? I am so excited to come here to play basketball. Maybe you are right now if that's where Bronny James is going to go. But I'm sure there's payments being given there. These players aren't stupid. They're out here to make money. They're out here to get to the NBA. They're out here to put themselves in the best situation you can. And I'm sure there are going to be other things like you mentioned with the CJ Frederick's example I'm just thinking, look, we're gonna have to do it. My, my hypothesis here, and this is purely uh, speculation when it comes to eggs down the road, is that they hired a coach that we know, back in the day, was doing unethical things in terms of recruiting players and taking payments from sorry, allegedly, sorry, I don't want to get sued here, allegedly <laughs> paying players, you know, through 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 Adidas and, and using, you know, basically bag men the drop off bags for players. Like that's there is a federal there was a federal indictment that basically named the arizona wildcats in that scheme along with arizona and along with kansas he was he was basically let go from whatever findings happens in that investigation he gets hired at xavier the man knows how to use nil because he was doing it before it was even a thing so i wouldn't be surprised right now if you have some unnamed donor who's not started officially a collective who's behind Sean Miller and Sean's saying to someone, tell him, I want this guy and boom, the conversation's off and running And like, I, I, maybe it's more, a little bit more this of is this is all a all
0: conjecture, this is all conjecture,
1: speculation, all alleged, but I'm just saying like, that's, if that's where I'm reading the tea leaves, when you're seeing all of a sudden, Sean Xavier pulling in, you know, big name people off the transfer off the transfer wire, uh, out of the portal immediately, as soon as it's happened, they've been talking they've been talking to these guys it's what happens so I, I do think that's that's what happens and i think we also have to be prepared and keep building our NIL. and we need to, we need to keep it going and get it bigger so that we are a top tier because yeah. at the end of the day we're going to be competing against big 12 West schools Virginia, big 12 schools kansas right kansas state like let's keep... so yeah, that's, it's it's that's, not that's it's where not I stand on that.
0: it's not a finished product and in I I suspect some people are listening to this, wondering why the hell we, you, us, why we sound, why are we defensive? Why are we beating this, this drum? That is the NIL conversation, which frankly includes a lot of unknowns, right? When we say lagging behind or not exactly where we want to be, that's founded in, that's founded in some research on our side. Okay. It's also just knowing what it looks like and some of the offers that are being speculated about across the country but the big wild card in this whole conversation is the ethics component and the fact that there are schools out there that are making offers and making promises and telling guys that when you come here you're going to get this type of money that we know it's not going to actually be delivered upon you know there's going to be broken promises there's going to be athletes that get screwed out of deals that they thought they had locked in and we're just at the tip of the iceberg of those things and I think what I what I really really like so far about the Cincy Reigns experience um and how our our friend Brian Fox is going about it is it is being done in a very ethical way I don't get the sense that Cincinnati's out there making promises they can't keep I don't think there's deals being made where Cincinnati can't deliver once the the commitment happens I do think that we have to pay attention and have these conversations around the financial aspects of college basketball and football recruiting now because they are front and center.
1: They- Welcome to professional sports, baby. What are we talking about right now with the Bengals? Joe Burrow gets his fifth-year option exercise for $29 million. When are we going to extend, ex- give him the actual extension to make him the highest-paid quarterback over the next eight years? That's college sports now. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. And
0: I want to pause it. I want to pause us going any deeper on this conversation because if you're in the Catskiller Social Club Discord, a job posting was put into this Discord, I think about a week ago. <laughs> and this job posting is for Cincy Slangin, one of the three podcasts that are a part of this network, the other two being Go Beer Cats, hosted by Brandon, and then we also have our friends at Viva La Cats, hosted by Justin and Steve. Cincy Slangen is looking for an ombudsman, okay? What is an ombudsman? Uh, Do you know what an ombudsman, ombudsman is? What is it? What,
1: is, no, in, what I, is All right, here's what I Google. I Google it, and the first thing that pops up is nyc.gov. Office <laughs> of the ombudsman. Providing information and education on homeless services. <laughs> Providing a supportive client experience through effective and compassionate dot, dot, dot.
0: Well, that's... New York City's definition of of an ombudsman. I wanna go back to our job posting. The Cincy slang and ombudsman would be responsible for listening to the podcast, settling disputes. So if you and I have a topic that we just can't seem to flesh out, we're not really sure who's on the winning side, this person's going to come on occasionally and help us settle disputes. Offer, this is maybe the most important aspect of this job offer critiques on segments takes opinions and so forth and then from those responsibilities i want this person to ideally come on the podcast about once a month maybe more but maybe you know around once a month to work through some of these things i think that essentially the ombudsman for cinti slangen is going to be an accountability partner of sorts where did you come up with this uh there's there's a few different places it was bouncing around in my head for a while hummer i I look at it like me and you live in our, in our own Cincy slang and bubble. It's a very small bubble. And I think both of us are good about having different opinions and voicing them and, and and being willing to go back and forth and banter. But I also think there's times, and I think I'm learning it mostly through the CSC discord. You know, there's people who don't always agree with the angle we're taking and maybe think that we have a blind spot or want to share a different perspective this role allows that to exist. It allows us to be challenged on our ideas, on our opinions, on our narratives that we may be shaping on this podcast, and we'll see how it goes. It's very important that this person comes on and takes themselves as seriously as we do, which is not seriously at all. So our first audition is going to be tonight. We are going to have our, our first ombudsman tryout. Um, We're going to call it the Cincy Slangen's next top ombudsman. And this person will be Nick Bauer. And so he'll be on later in the podcast to go through some notes he had about, I think, specifically the last episode. And we'll work through those thoughts and and hear Nick out and also potentially push back. We'll see where it goes. I don't know how it's going to go.
1: Loser of the first round gets uh, uh, Tucker Carson.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Gets what?
1: <laughs> Gets fired. <laughs> there, he's, Cynthia Slangen, the Fox News of college sports.
0: Um, buttsmen are meant to be very neutral. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see who can come on the podcast and sort of serve as that stabilizing voice, that very calm demeanor that's it able sucks. to...
1: It sucks that we have the same opinion on the, on the one thing, too, I really want to talk about that's highly controversial. What's that? I want to spend a solid 10 minutes talking about Coach Prime.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that's where I was going to go next, Hummer. And the only reason I want to go there, it's a Cincinnati Bearcat podcast, but I'll say this. When you spend as much time as we did back in December talking about Coach Prime and how well he would fit at Cincinnati and the fact that you know this is a no-brainer that we need to go after him as aggressively as possible we should probably talk about coach prime when the school he did decide to go to the Colorado Buffaloes maybe a future big 12 member by the way so it could be on topic when they have an exodus that's basically unrivaled I don't know if there's
1: precedent for what's happening right now in yes Boulder. there is on a much smaller scale but on a per uh, per capita basis, on a, on a on a ratio basis, John Brannon. <laughs> I don't. I think it's different. Over
0: half the team. Poof, <laughs> <laughs> gone. Well, I don't want to go into too much depth on it, but I do think it's worth an a, you know good reaction. Are you are you looking at this as saying, "Wow, good, thank God we dodged that bullet." Wow, this is why I'm not an athletic director. Or are you looking at it like, "Hey, guys, come on, pump the brakes." It's all right. It's freaking April.
1: I'm just, I'm just going to quote the great coach prime. I'm bringing my luggage with me and it's Louie. Go ahead and jump in the portal. He told us exactly what was going to happen. He, he, he telegraphed the entire move that yes, I'm going to force people out. I'm going to clear space out on the roster. Am I, would I be a little worried as a Bearcat fan right now? Yes. Yes. I would, I would, I would probably be freaking out a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, you just let the guy who scored two touchdowns and caught what hundred and something yards on our, on our uh, spring game. Okay. All right. Freaking out. Um, no, I, I, have total faith that coach prime going to turn this around. I truly believe that this man knows nothing but success. And I think that this is just, it's, it's his, it's his way of wanting to do it. It's why he wanted total control of the program because he wanted to get rid of half this roster to make space for incoming studs for Louis, so for Louis, He's, gonna, he's literally going to have a closet full of Louie MCM <laughs> Prada, Dior, uh, Ferragamo. Look, we got a coach wearing Ferragamo's coach prime is going to put a whole closet full of, of Ferragamo shoes on the wall. So, no, I have total faith that actually he's he's going to be successful at Colorado because I think he is embracing college sports for what it is now, which is, in fact, a business. He's not going to dilly around that fact that this is a business. Come play for me, and I will show you how to be primetime, baby.
0: I do think that any Bearcat fan that looks at what's happening at Colorado and says to themselves, see, you're such a fucking idiot for thinking that he would have worked here. Look what he would have done at Cincinnati. Let's also remember that Colorado went one and 11 last year. Let's also remember that Colorado hasn't sniffed the level of success the Cincinnati Bearcats football program has experienced over the last decade.
1: We but, have some Louis on our team. That's what that's, I guess. Is that what you're trying to say? We have I, some Louis I just on our, I, I our tend spot.
0: to think that, you know, the reason that that job could, in a sense, be appealing to him was that he could justify starting from a completely blank slate. And when you look at a wide receiver stats from a spring game, that is a spring game following up a one in 11 season. You know, he might not be that concerned over anybody that's departing the team. Is it chaotic? Seemingly, Yes. Would I be nervous as a fan? You're goddamn right I would be. Am I writing off Deion Sanders because of a rash of portal departures on April 25th or by April 25th of 2023? Absolutely not. This is, this is just the beginning of what I think is a total reshaping of how they do things at Colorado. I do think that they'll replenish. I do think that he's hired some very impressive coaches. I, I am not writing off the primetime experience and I do think it was worthwhile to to address it here on the Cincinnati and podcast because of the fact that that we did ride so hard for that Coach Prime potential. Look,
1: if Nate Oates can still recruit people after one of his former players was charged with murder, uh, a, a current player was allegedly the one who may or may not have driven the murder weapon to the scene, and then on this top of that has dead. his latest alleged has his latest latest player late, latest player transfer accused of uh of, of having a gun in marijuana. If he can keep put people coming to play at Alabama for basketball, Coach Prime, the smoothest man on a football field wearing a cowboy hat, Gucci sunglasses and a gold chain with a custom prime jacket, I think that man's going to recruit some talent. That's a good-looking football coach. We're
0: going to leave it there, but we'll, we'll keep checking in on the experience as time goes on. I did—I don't know if you saw this—I did partake in what's becoming known as the Pod Poll. It's a podcaster poll for this coming football
2: season. I'm so glad you reminded me. <laughs> it's
0: a—it's—it's a, it's, it's a top twenty-five poll that. Um, <laughs> that this guy uh, Dionysius Miller is running. Um, if you want to follow him, sure on...
1: he had like I think he had like 250 followers too. Somehow, Kumar was like, you know, this is a great idea. No, he's got less than hundred. He's got 94 followers. If you can find pump him, him pump he needs to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Come on, Slangers! It's
0: going to be pumped up during the football season because I think this pool poll is going to be very fun to track, but. You can find him at Pod Poll. Cincy Slangin is officially one of the voting, uh, one of the official voters of this podcast poll. And it's essentially a poll that has, you know, some fancy formula where he's aggregating a bunch of top 25 rankings from different podcasts around the country, representing different conferences, different schools. And I decided to partake. He asked us if he would partake. And I said, yes, we definitely (laughs) should do that. And I think the one ranking that I'm regretting the most right now is that I did put Colorado in my top 25 and that's probably a bit premature. I am I think what I think Deon Sanders is going to improve upon his results, uh, from, or their results from last season. Is he gonna get to the top 25? Probably not. That's probably not happening year one, but if you look at, look at our full rankings, it's worthwhile because we were one of the, the top no, no, five no, no, no. most peculiar.
2: Not, not-
1: Not weird. Not weird. This was all Coomer's doing. (laughs) I'm gonna give credit where credit's due on this one. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it, especially because the thing that made us the weirdest
0: was the fact that I I put OSU Ohio State at 15, and and justified it through that was that was the weirdest thing you did. uh, He says it was. Yeah, he says it was the weirdest thing I did. Not
1: that you not that you've ranked UK twice.
0: I corrected that. For the record, let the record show I corrected that. Well, uh, look, we've got a guest, Hummer. We've got a guest waiting in the lobby. We're going to get him on here. I alluded to it earlier. We have our first official.
1: Hateful Aater. Come on. Greatest comment I've ever, I've ever read on Twitter. The at SSN American and at Cincy Slang are the only credible football sources from this day forth. <laughs>
0: What I think an Oklahoma State fan made that comment simply because of the fact that we put him in their top twenty-five. So we'll be right on some things. I feel confident that we're going to be right in some things. I'm going to be wrong about some things too. Um, but go ahead and. Oh, check. if you're right on
1: the on the good stuff, I'm going to totally jump on the credit bandwagon. Yeah, there.
0: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna brag about it. So let's get to our guest here, Hummer. We've got our first official umbudsman tryout on the line. He's been a longtime listener, someone who's actually been demanding to be on the podcast for quite some time. We had a we had a friendly wager earlier this basketball season that if Kalu Azikwe I think had like a 10 and six 10 and seven, he would have appeared on the podcast. Sure enough, that didn't happen. So he's found enough. his way
2: on. Close enough. He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's found his way on in a, another way, and that's to be uh, a candidate for the Cincy slang and ombudsman position. So without further ado, Nick Bauer, welcome to the Cincy slang and podcast.
2: Thanks for having me honored, honored to be here as the, uh, the first candidate.
0: I'm very excited about this experience. We'll see where it takes us. Hummer was laughing earlier because he didn't know what an, what an ombudsman was. Nor, I frankly, nor did I'm I. not really sure. I'm not really sure I know what it is, but we're going to make it. At our this own thing. point. I
1: don't, I don't think you should have told me before we had him on cause I'd be like, so wait, is this someone who challenges me for best hair on the pod? <laughs> <He doesn't-
0: laughs> cause that's, that's strong. It does have very good hair. I am not in the running for this, unfortunately. Nick, before we get into, you know, your credentials, maybe that's what we should start with is your your uh a little bit about yourself. Maybe yeah. you know, telling people your origin story for being a diehard Cincinnati Bearcat fan, what you do, whatever you want to share, Nick. Tell the people who you are and and why you are submitting your candidacy for this ombudsman position.
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh so yeah, just quick background on me I'm originally from Columbus Ohio uh, and moved to, uh, yeah you don't got to tell me um, <laughs> moved to Cincinnati for undergrad uh, graduated from UC in 2017 so uh, this year actually marks You're ten, young ten years very young ten years in Cincinnati this year uh, so that's pretty crazy um, work in advertising and spent a few years you know working in ad agencies and then was at Kroger and in 2021, I returned to UC um, where I still work and am lucky to serve as the associate director for marketing and brand for the institution. Um, so before we go any further, I am obligated to say all views and hot takes expressed on this podcast are my own. They do not reflect my employer or president Neville Pinto in any way.
0: Wow. This is this feels like we've taken it up a level and and already I'm wondering is is Nick coming on here to like, you know, brainwash us, reshape the narratives that we try and try and drive here. We'll find out. We'll find out.
2: <laughs> um yeah, so I, I guess should I jump in with my with my pitch on why I'm the right person for this yeah, job? Yeah, let's
0: Take it over. This is like it feels like a little bit too interviewy right now, but this is a great way to start an interview where you just take the bull by the horns and say, you know what? Don't ask me any questions. I'm going to tell you why I'm I'm your guy.
2: That's all right. Yeah, I've got some notes written down, so we can we can run through these. I'm glad you brought it up because I I do have to admit had no idea what this word meant. Um, but after a very quick Google search, uh, I do believe that I am. The right candidate, uh, for this for this role. So, um, when
1: you did the Google search, what was what was your number one result? I want to see how it just differs from what mine
2: was. It was like uh, appointed council person to settle disputes or something like that. Gave me enough background what? to know.
1: <laughs> what what do I Google? gonna <laughs> got something completely different. Completely different.
2: That's uh, okay. Though. Literally the office think... of
1: ombudsman. The Office of Unbundling for New York New City.gov. <laughs> that
2: is not that is not what I received. Um,
1: but yeah, no I education mean, on the homeless. Let,
2: I'm let, really disappointed. Let,
0: let Nick tell the story. Let Nick tell us why why he's the right guy for this job.
2: Uh, well, for starters, it, I've already made it official in my Twitter bio. So uh, <laughs> that's that was uh, official as of two days ago when I was supposed to uh, appear on the pod. So if you don't select me, you know I'm going to look like a liar so that's that's not cool um look like a jabroni yeah but uh all right so prior to uc i did actually spend one season as an ncaa quarterback play is a stretch i was like 7 string division three quarterback um but that is probably a pretty pretty rare title title in the uh in the sc- social club so um while i never actually played you know, I do feel like I do bring, you know, a field general's point of view to what's happening on the field and on the court. I'm not just firing off, uh, wild takes. Uh, so I feel like that is who would
0: do that. Who would fire
2: off wild takes, especially this week. It's been out of control. So, and it wasn't me, any of them. So, (laughs) um, and then I think my other main selling point is I've lived both sides of the UC fandom coin, I feel like. So, as a student, uh, you know, I was insanely passionate. I was one of the leaders of Rally Cats, um, you know, lived and died with every win and loss. To my knowledge, I am the only person who has ever received a written warning from Fifth Third Arena security two hours before tip-off. That was at the 2016 Crosstown shootout. So Go on.
0: Go on. What was happening? Um, were, you, uh, were you heckling... Were you, were you literally receive savior
2: player? It was the most. I mean, I don't think I deserved it, but I, I wear it with pride that I received it. I wish I still had the card because it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like the fact that they have these pre-printed cards out. I've never seen anyone else get one, um, and I don't even remember what it said, but it was ridiculous.
1: You had to do something pretty bad because I remember at the temple temple game before before COVID, I went with Coomer and uh, I got yelled at by the usher lady twice. To, uh, telling me to calm down because I was screaming and yelling obs- obscenities at the refs, well, and uh, I didn't even get a card. I
2: mean, no one else was even in the arena at this point. Like, I don't. It was. <laughs> I think they they said they were handing them out, uh, just like trying to get ahead of it before things got too out of control. <laughs> so, um, it was like yeah.
0: Minority Report. They were they were tracking you yes, pre
2: murder, pre heckling. It was yeah. It was. I mean, I don't. It was uncalled for. Um, I think probably the only time I didn't deserve a card. So you could have given them to me at any other point or immediately before the game, probably would have deserved it, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, was it colorful? Was it like a red card or like a yellow card? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think so. But it had like, I just, the language on it was so, just like so absurd. And the fact that these are like official, it was like an official card. Um, and they should like, bring
0: that back honestly like if i were a member of the fan council
2: council i'm recommending we bring back warning cards it was yeah because i think it said like this is your one and only warning like for the season like if something else happens like you're done so luckily somehow didn't come to that um but you
0: only hand out the warning cards though there's no follow-up red card you only hand out warning cards and it's basically an incentive to create the rowdiest possible crowd. We want to we want to incentivize people to get warning cards because they want to collect them, they want to put them in their wallet, they want to put them on the wall, but we never actually eject you because we want you to be out of as control
1: as possible. At the end- This is the limited edition. At
2: the end of the season, whoever has the most warning cards, free season tickets the next year. Or like, yeah, some sort of
0: honorary fan number into the rafters, essentially. Oh my you were the rowdiest <laughs> and craziest fan this season.
2: 2023
0: could, belongs to you. I could get behind that. Let's
2: hang a banner. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I was, I used to be pretty crazy and emotional um, about everything, but now on the flip side, especially as an employee, I think I'm much more level-headed, uh, and while I still, I feel like probably always have an optimistic viewpoint, um, you know, can see both sides of the argument, so
1: I have some notes
2: from your guys' debate from the past podcast, um, which we can we can dive into if we want, but, you know, I think...
1: Oh, we I will, think... we will. I just want to make sure that I'm pointing out the most level-headed take you've had, other than the clue of Zikbe take. <laughs> uh I'm going back to March 7th here because I had to go see. I had to go. I'm, I'm Twitter stalking here. Oh. Had to go and find. see the Twitter profile here. I'm oh. only going to go back this far, though. DDJ is going on a stretch that rivals 2011
2: Kemble Walker. Sadly, didn't happen, but <laughs>
0: mm. what if. He said he's an that's optimist. A, he's an optimist. That's a wild take. That's a wild take. I love
2: it. <laughs> uh, well, first off, all right, let me clarify the Kalua Zikbe take. I was highly intoxicated. Um,. <laughs> been there you caught me off guard. So like that doesn't even hold up. Plus it basically, That's a plus. it basically That's did a plus. happen. So
0: it just happened in the NIT almost.
2: Well, not quite like Tulane at the two. Didn't he, there was something, there was a game that I wasn't watching and because I was like busy and then I checked my phone and everyone was like tagging me on Twitter or like in the discord. And they were like, it's happening. Um, i feel like he got he got to like nine and five or i mean cut the cut the kid a break like he had he had to face some adversity so uh
1: close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades here okay and Kalua (laughs)
0: kalua zikbe he got he flirted with uh double digits once or twice maybe grabbed a few rebounds occasionally March 7th was after the SMU senior day. So basically you were calling your shot for David to to take the Bearcats on an incredible run in the conference tournament or beyond. And that yeah. didn't quite happen, but again, got a taste of some NIT success, took it to Utah Valley and, and nearly made the semifinal. So not, not all was lost, but he did, he did go one of 10 against Houston. That was tough. That was a tough break, but look, I think we're I think we're we're getting off topic here a little
1: bit. I think sounds qualified. All right, we sound like we have a qualified candidate. We need to get into the meat of it.
0: Baseline qualifications seem to be met, Nick. You do listen to the Cincy Slanguage podcast, right? That's You are correct. someone who, who does listen. We haven't driven you off yet, so I think baseline qualifications met, and I think a great way to move forward in terms of finding the right guy and whether you're the right guy for this role is to let you unbuds so go ahead i'll, I'll let you um buds for a few minutes here get let us know what you want to dive into whether it's I'm disputes nervous. between hummer and i whether it's disagreements and narratives that we might be framing or shaping on the podcast take yeah. it away sir
2: yeah so i mean i just re-listened to the uh the most recent episode and was trying to uh write down takes that i agree with and takes that i disagree with um so let's see where to start i mean i guess first i'll say i loved the um the anti-drinking and driving but pro drinking and driving recreational vehicle state so i was i was really on board with that um that jumped out first um no i think um all right so i'll start with i disagree with hummer that podcast
0: is not for kids.
2: I disagree with Hummer that we have low expectations for this football season. Um, i I think i I said this in the discord after the the spring game that I was not in attendance for um, that I think we'll be competing for a conference title. so I think that's the expectation whether we get there or not remains to be seen, but I think that was a tall task, regardless of if there was a coaching change and movement in the transfer portal and whatnot so i still think the expectation is there and i think to lower the bar otherwise i think that's wrong do you think that's unfair though to scott satterfield like do you think i'm not saying fire well, the guy if we don't i'm saying i believe that i believe that there is a chance he could get us there this year
1: i think i think there's a better question to ask here than is that unfair to scott satterfield because i actually i agree with actually if you're going to It's not unfair to have expectations for a new coach if you're saying our program is going to be top 25, top 10, whatever type of program we are. It's not unfair to put expectations on a coach like that. We put expectations on Wes Miller the same way. We want tournament. We want to make the tournament. Our expectations are to make the tournament, right? And next year is kind of that put up or shut up year, right? What makes you think like, not just from an optimistic standpoint what 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 really makes you just think that all right we have the pieces in place we have we have the stuff that's going to make us compete with because next year we do I hate as I said a hate putting them on a pedestal but we still have OU in the conference we still have Texas we still have T, like TCU like right? we still have some really good football prep teams in this in this conference that after we did lose our head coach, we've also had a, rapid, a, a, a wave of transfers, transfers coming in, and a completely different different team that we're gonna that Cincinnati's going and competing day one for a championship in the Big Twelve in football.
2: Not a completely different team, completely different offense maybe, but I think the core of why we will be able to compete is this defense should still be unbelievable. I mean, we should be able to own the the line of scrimmage in every game. Um, If our defensive line is as good as we have said they were, you know, I know we like, we were in, still in the American conference last year, but uh, you know, the argument was always like, okay, well, this defense is, you know, top 10, top 15 nationally. A lot of that core is still there. And I think we're going to be playing a more aggressive style of defense. So I think while we might give up, you know, some some bigger some more explosive plays on like the back end i still think that with the talent the defense has we should be in every game not win every game but we should be in every game at least like into the fourth quarter and so i think we have a better chance than a lot of people are giving us based off that alone and then on the optimistic side for the first time in six years we have a head coach who is an offensive X's and O scheme guy. So if he, if we can keep games close into the fourth quarter, I, I just, I'm optimistic that this offense and Scott Satterfield will, will figure out a way um, I think to surprise some people to surprise some teams.
0: I, I like the take. I like the take of, to put it very clearly and succinctly, have expectations with perspective fair is that is that essentially what you're saying
2: yeah i think that's fair i mean i would say i would say anything less than a bowl game is a major disappointment i i heard on that other podcast uh network that we'd be lucky we're looking at you know it's a reach to get to six games i think that's I think six games is the 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 base, which, which,
1: which which are we talking to 10, 12? We talking, no, we talking the Tulane podcast to the, the, you know, you guys, no, no, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) I, but I, I actually think to me, that's, that's where these conversations get interesting, Nick. And I actually appreciate your perspective and tend to tend to skew toward your side, which is how I've treated Wes Miller, frankly, for the last two years, where, I, I want to see results. I want to see improvement. I want to see a product on the on the field or in the court in that case. That is something that you can sort of envision building into something greater as they continue to get their hands on different types of recruits and just more time with the program to shape it and make it what they want it to be. Um, I think that when you are so adamant that it's unreasonable to expect even a bowl game, you're sort of shaping and framing the narrative in a certain way to – to take all pressure off and there's there's value in that because you don't want a rabid fan base after a coach after one year given that it is year one as they transition from American Athletic to Big 12 but at the same time this is a this is a this is not a broken program that needs to be rehabilitated from the depths of hell this is a program that's been competing for you know, obviously, two and three years ago competing for playoff appearances, making a playoff, and then competing for an American athletic title this should not be. this should not be a situation where we're tearing it down to the studs and rebuilding
2: exactly and we also I' don't, yeah I was just gonna You're say we guy also guys. another just another point to why I'm optimistic about Scott Satterfield is you know he this isn't his first time taking a program up a level, so I know we can all you know, kind of brush off the fact that he had success at Appalachian State because, you know, whatever that's they're a small they were a G five team or they weren't even Division One at the uh, you know, when he was there and he took them up into Division One. But um yeah, I mean like he's been here before on a different level and seen a lot of success. So um I think that's, you know, just another reason to will it happen that quick? Will it happen this year at all? Who knows? I'm not saying like guarantee it but you're guaranteeing it
0: i took it as a guarantee and i think we should we should move on to your next topic but nick guaranteed well, I'll, I'll, 12 thing, title i'm next with season.
1: you okay <laughs> i'm with you that bowl game yes 100 that should be an expectation we shouldn't ha- we shouldn't be going it's not going to go backwards to the point where we we win two games that's an embarrassment and that should not happen especially with the aspirations that we have for this program I still disagree with you that we're going to be competing for a big 12 title. I don't think, I don't think this is where Coomer and I flip, I think with the way he's handled Wes Miller, I've been kind of more okay with Wes Miller. Let's keep going. Let's, I'm, I'm fine with what we're seeing. I'm seeing progress where he's been more of the optimist on, on coach Satterfield where I've been the opposite saying, show me, I don't want to, I don't want to say it because last time I did this, I, I projected a guy to hall of fame and he was fired after two years. So maybe I'm just being, you know, being cautious, taking a step back and saying, you know what, show me that you can do better here than what you did at Louisville.
0: Hummer is not ready, to get, not ready, yeah, to, get not ready
1: to get hurt again. I need to swear. You're not ready to get to get hurt again. So I think maybe that's where I'm coming from with with my apprehension with Satterfield is show me that you can do better than what you did at Louisville before I'm going to give you my praise and adulation.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because that's my next take right here. Uh, So yeah, I mean, you said you won't give him the benefit of the doubt and he has to prove it to you first. I think as fans, you know, I feel like it's... I don't want to say it's our job, you know. It's not, I mean, I think that... But I, I guess I'll say it. I think it is our job um, to to be supportive until they, the other way around, until they prove that they're not worthy of that support. I think people say, you know, the, his one of the reasons for the lack of success at Louisville was all the stuff going on in the, you know, their athletic department's a mess and all the fans wanted him out the whole time and there was no support. So I think if we want to have, you know, we obviously all want him to have the most success possible. I think giving that support and that hype up front because quite frankly as you discussed the only thing he's been able to do up until this point is recruit and i think what we've seen the past two weeks is definitely hype worthy and support worthy that this this guy knows what he's doing he's built his staff in a way that is going to lead to recruiting success and um kumar i think it was you that said you had some Satterfield center. You said, not a guy who will create national buzz for our program. Um, I disagree. I think he's a silent killer. All right? I think uh, time obviously- that's, the, that's, t-
1: that's an oxy. That is an oxymoron. <laughs> that is the definition of an oxymoron. <laughs> like Won't create national bud, silent killer. Okay.
2: So Scott Satterfield himself. I'm, Scott Satterfield himself is a silent killer. I think it's going to be more about the team and the program. The national buzz- is going to come when we're in the college football playoff again, when we're winning the big 12 championship, if you wanna, when he's bring in keep... hype worthy players. I right. think it's more about the team to him than his predecessor. I think it became a lot more about the coach who's on national TV appearances talking about himself pretty much. Um, well, we loved it. We hate we it all up. Admit it. We, we, loved it. Loved it. It. I we love it. We hate it now. Let, we don't love it now. Let me, let we me, come
0: me, real quick. Let me make a comparison. I would say, Hey, <laughs> want to if you want to compare it i think i think the the way to make people understand what nick is saying is that when you if you look at farts when you have an audible fart one that's really loud wet very very noisy that's something that does resonate nationally quickly (laughs) there's buzz there's buzz. what What you're saying scott satterfield is, (laughs) is an spd he's silent but deadly like the smell is worse it's more potent. Uh,
1: I, I, I understand. I understand. what. I th- let me see if I understand what Nick is saying. It's that's the stupidest. Comparison it's that it's that made. Satterfield isn't doesn't seem to be about himself. He is more about the team than coming off of being let me promote Scott Satterfield. I'm going to let my staff be the ones who get the glory. I'm going to be, it's going to be my staff who's, re- who's releasing all the memes on Twitter about, about the recruits coming and doing it in their own cryptic way that no one can really seem to understand what's really going on, but we're eating it up. Where Luke Fickle was the guy of, let me be on TV. Let me get my name out there. Let me have my name be be, you know, I'm upset that I didn't get Notre Dame, that I want to take the first ride out of here. Where, on the other hand, Satterfield is saying, well, you know what, I just I just got the top Was it, top 10? Is that right? No. Correct me if I'm top wrong. I'm saying top 10. Top ten Largest uh, pool for, oh. for
0: assistant coaches. That's a good question. I don't know
1: the number there. I know I know it's high. I know it's large. I know it's very comparable to the top programs in the country. I don't know the exact number. But if I'm seeing a lot – and I've said this too, this is probably maybe one of my issues with Satterfield is that I don't hear him enough. Uh, but you're saying that's a good thing.
0: You're just not listening. I just think think, you're not listening.
2: Well, I I just think, I mean, he does things in a different way. Um, Like, I can see him. I mean, I see why people are maybe turned off by his, you know, Southern slow draw uh, way of going about things. But honestly, he reminds me of a young Nick Saban. I think there's some fire in there. I know. I know. I didn't want to say it. Careful, careful. I had careful. a question mark here. Um, careful. That yeah, is just, how you
1: get him on national TV.
2: <clears throat> I think he, <laughs> I think in due time. I think right now he's focused. He's he's doing the work that he needs to be doing. He doesn't need to be on TV. He doesn't need, you know, I think I think we're gonna be just fine.
0: Okay. I like it. That's a that's a good note. It seems like that's a point in my on my side.
1: Uh, no, I, I gave you negative one, negative half a point there, but don't worry. I'm negative a full point.
2: (laughs) Continue Nick. And then I think, I think the, this might be like the, the main thing. I mean, we already, I feel like discussed this at length in the discord, but just the Well, that's why we're having you
0: on. We're having you on to bring it to audio form.
2: The the debate on how, you know, Wes and UC are performing in the transfer portal. Um, and the assumptions or hinting at, you know, questioning, are we underachieving or aiming too low? So, um, Coomer, you said, and I quote, at some point, aren't we to expect more in the portal? And I would say, yes, at some point, I don't think that point is right now. Um, I don't think we're to that point yet. Um, You know, like, Hummer, you compared us to the people across town and what they're doing. They were just ranked top 10 nationally this year. Um, They've been in the tournament year after year. We No, they haven't. They were in the tournament this year? No, they haven't. Were they not? They made it this year. That was the first year. That was the first year.
1: year. They didn't make it at all under Travis Steele. Uh, Keep going. If I'm not mistaken. Well, how long was Steele there? Two years? Five years. Uh, Longer than JB. Oh, all right. Well...
2: They've been in a what, recently. That,
0: that's a credit to you for not knowing, you know, anything. Yeah, about we know. I don't, really sure. I don't
2: care. <laughs> no, no.
0: I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, how many years was he there? I don't know. But it wasn't great when he was there. But, all right, you compar- okay,
2: but I'll forward. say, all right. So you, you compared us to Sean Miller um, and what he is doing in the Transfer Portal. Again, I think it's just like, I mean, you have to realize he came from Arizona where he had success. Like, Wes is still... I, I love Wes, I think he's the right guy. I think he still is, he has to prove it to players first. I think he has to prove that Cincinnati can be a winner and that they can be a winner in the Big 12. And I think we're just one year out. I think this time next year in the transfer portal, like we've already discussed, I think this is a huge year. And I think recruiting players to what the roster makeup is gonna be going into next off season, I think we will land the best of the best, you know, one of those top 10 guys in the portal, depending on what our needs are. And I I do think it is unfair to, at this given point, say, like, he's underachieving in the transfer portal. Real quick, let me
1: this is this is something Coomer and I've talked about offline. And why we haven't really responded to it in the discord is because it's it's hard to It's hard to get the thumbs working hard enough when when you can speak it. I'm not saying Wes Miller is underachieving. That's not what I'm saying. I think Wes Miller is doing a really good job of getting out there and getting us in the conversation for these players. And he's taking his swings, which I love. I think where we're underachieving is on the NIL portion. And I'm not saying the NIL isn't doing a good job either. What I'm saying is they're not top tier they're not going like Alabama it might be Alabama basketball but it's Alabama football that drives their NIL donations and Alabama football is the most popular football team in college sports followed by OSU Georgia successful. whatever most successful but they're one of the most popular you see they're one of the teams that people will just wear their stuff because they're good same with like Notre Dame Notre Dame might be doing it a little different though because they you know they're Notre Dame and they're weird but my point is they still are dealing with a lot of money that they can go and make outrageous offers. And we don't know what they are. That is what it is. I think Wes Miller is doing a good job given the cards that he has dealt. And I'm happy with what Wes Miller is doing. I'm not in any way, shape or form wanting to sit here and say, Wes Miller is, is terrible right now in the transfer portal. I think he's doing the best he can do with the cards that he's dealt. I think it's up to the donors I think it's up to the university to maybe say, do you see day of giving? Like, look, we got $50 million coming into the university now annually, 40, $50 million. Why don't we desert, divert more of those funds to the NIL? Cause I, my wife pointed this out. We were talking with Kumran. She got the the day of giving email, followed by a donate to the NIL email following right after $350 to NIL. Saying they want 7,000 people to donate $350. That's $2.45 million I think was the math to, in, in to raise for NIL. $350 is more than the average donation to UCATs. So we're, we're not only are we asking people to donate more to NIL, but we're also asking them to donate more than what they donate to the university already. So I, w- the way I'm seeing it is I think that w- the NIL is, is getting there. It's, it's, it's okay right now. It's good. It's good enough, but it needs to get better. If we want to be that top tier that people are mentioning, we're just going to have to get better and it's going to be growing. It's going to be time. Football certainly helped drive it there. We won in football. It got a big name. Now we keep that success rolling. We keep basketball rolling. Donations roll in. We compete even harder because at the end of the day, we are going to be competing against Alabama, Kentucky, USC, UCLA.
0: What about, what about the
1: big 12 schools? Kansas 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 i know but i'm talking about from from a recruiting standpoint a national recruiting standpoint basketball has been a a highly national recruiting it's not really a localized recruiting we've always recruited well out of new york for instance right huggins recruited well out of southern california right it's a it's a national game when it comes to recruiting basketball and that's what we play and we have the ability to be next level we are a great university. We are one that, in my opinion, when you look at what UC Basketball offers in terms of, we're an urban freaking campus, all right? We, we appeal to people in the Northeast because we, we bring that vibe that they want, right? You get a lot of people into a small space that's beautiful, clean, friendly, not full of assholes. We got pretty women, way prettier than the ones across town. Right. If we're talking about the 2023. It's hot, uh, women, 23 women, 2023 <laughs> Jesus. I don't really care. Someone else brought this up, right? They brought up the women of don't, don't blame me. I'm your, bringing up the don't women blame of your terrible take on, on someone else bringing you know, it up. I'm, 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 I'm saying we have beautiful women in Cincinnati too. All right. I'm not afraid to admit that we got great restaurants. We got great food. We got a good bar scene. We got good fun, right? We got concert venues. We got two pro football. We got two pro uh, we got pro football. We got pro baseball tell us what you don't have in Cincinnati that you have anywhere else in the country. I say, this is a great place to come play basketball. This is a great place to recruit to. And we have the ability. I said, it's the Coomer in the past. We have the ability to be a blue blood. We're only missing a couple things, which is one, a recent national championship. So you said a lot there and I think it actually didn't
0: necessarily address Nick's first point, which was a quote. Which is always makes me nervous when you cool me, but you, but I was I was fine with it. You said
1: well, that was your quote. He didn't quote me yet.
0: <laughs> something something along the lines of I I you know we're not performing up to par necessarily in the portal yet. So the reason I make a comment like that, Nick, is I just spent the last twelve months following this Bearcat basketball team, and when you looked at some of the transfer portal results we experienced last season, we landed Landers Nolly, which was a huge get. That's a Maybe not a top ten portal guy, but I think maybe the perception would have been top twenty five. I can't remember the rankings, but he was he was a really well regarded player that was was good enough to where a friend of mine who's kind of a diehard hoops fan at large texted me and said, "Wow, you guys got Landers Nolly. That's a really nice player." So we were we were solid enough to land the legs of Landers Nolly from Memphis. Then we also added Rob Finnessy from Indiana who had red flags both from an on-court performance standpoint, but also an injury standpoint. And we also added Kalua Zikbe, who based on pure appearance, I was was excited about. He has the look of a Bearcat big. And when you looked at the old Dominion numbers, it looked like that was someone who with a 10 and six, whatever he averaged, it looked like he could bring some sort of role playing front court presence to the team. And it didn't work out for whatever reason. But that led to criticism of some of the portal additions. And a lot of what I heard, and it's it's more from the newsmaking side of things with with Bearcat Journal, was along the lines of, hey, once we're in the big 12, those problems are solved. You can't really get top guys to want to come to the and play in the American Athletic Conference with only one year remaining. So we're in the big 12 now. What we're doing now in the portal is in fact, recruiting to a big 12 team. It's also recruiting to a team that is not hamstrung in any way, shape or form from an apparel deal right everyone has also said that that is very significant in terms of recruiting players and then i'm also hearing nil is going great and so in my mind there should be expectations in terms of what we're accomplishing in the on the portal side of things yes does west miller have to prove he can have success in the big 12 i do think he has to do that i also think that many of the best players in the portal aren't looking at things and saying they're not looking at it and saying well make it make it perfect before I come they're gonna say I'm the missing piece you need I'm the guy that when you sh- when I show up and when I bring my skill set to your team I'm gonna help turn things around and we're and we're painting that picture and we're pa- painting that narrative um I think West Miller is doing a really solid job on the relationship piece I think that you cannot dispute that he has a very strong knack for connecting with players he gets the current generation he understands how to relate to and empathize with and bring out the best in personalities and and connect with them on a level that says i want to play for that guy you've heard landers not talk about it you've heard jeremiah davenport talk about it you heard mason madsen talk about it before he left he is doing a very good job of that and that's why i tend to default to our nil infrastructure being the likely source that's holding us back from competing for the very top talent in the portal or on the recruiting trail. I think that is something that does need to continue to be enhanced and improved upon in order to get West the recruiting success that we think he's capable of. Right. I'm actually, I, in my opinion, I was, I was blaming less of our portal success on Wes and more of it on, we need more time to ramp this thing up and get financially competitive with the top programs in the country. And I don't think that's a huge damning indictment on, on where NIL is at it's saying that there's work to be done and i think that's a that's a fair critique
2: so yeah there was a lot said in that in that segment i agree that if if your take is that we need more time to ramp up NIL i think that's 100% but that's not really how you framed it the first time um, because i think saying we need more time is saying it's not to the level where it should be at at this given moment which i think one none of us really know what it's at so that's the other thing is you know we're right and i also don't want to get into a gray area because i do work for the school but i have nothing to do with athletics um so i'm not going to touch on we like, know we Hunter's know sp- the
1: program that we developed is in is in good hands we do know that we do know the people that are running it are stand-up people i think um
2: i think a lot of people like fans and stuff make assumptions on what what players care about. Like, I'm not sure how much people really care about what brand of uniforms they're gonna wear for one year. And if we're telling recruits, you know, hey, we're moving to this apparel provider next year, come wear it. And at the same time though, I think you have to take a step back and look at, okay, for the, trying to land Estrada, it was us in Alabama. Alabama can say the same things. Come here, wear, I mean, wear Nike. Like, it's really not, I guess, uh, you know, like, It'll I don't know. It's not, and it's just like, come here, come to a program that's winning at a pretty high level. And yeah, so I think just.
0: Alabama, I think this is, I think you're making an exceptional point. So I have done some research on the side, surveying. Players who not necessarily were in the portal, but are playing college basketball, maybe playing college basketball at Cincinnati, trying to gain an understanding of, hey, what's driving portal decisions? Based on conversations you're having, based on guys you know that have entered the portal, is it money? Is it coaching? Is it relationship? Is it apparel? Is it winning? What is driving decisions? And the responses I've gotten have, have indicated something that I think is not necessarily surprising, but it's worth mentioning. It's based on the individual. You do have some people that are driven exclusively by money. It's Aaron. I would say Aaron Estrada likely falls into that bucket, right? This is a guy who has been, he was highly touted, went to Oregon, didn't work out right away, has entered the portal a couple times since then, transferred to, I think, St. Peter's and then Hofstra, and has worked his way back up to reputationally being someone who is regarded as a top five transfer in the marketplace right now. Is he a high-level NBA prospect? No. Otherwise, he would be entering the NBA draft. But he is someone whose skill set is incredibly valuable at the college basketball level right now. So what better time than now to leverage that into getting the most possible capital for my services? And for that type of mercenary and that type of player, I don't think you sees in the game for that kind of guy right now. And I think that's bearing out with with Alabama. Alabama could pay a lot more money for, for that type of guy. But knowing that every player is a little bit different, I think C.J. Frederick's an example of a guy who is probably demanding a pretty strong NIL uh, fund, right? Or uh, fee, for lack of a better term, right? Like this is a guy that West Virginia probably comes to and says, blank check, we'll pay you whatever you want to come Can we call him a high earner? Can we call him a high earner? fee,
1: Fee is so dirty. High earner. He's going to earn them like they okay. earn this. He's money, right? They earn it. This is they are using their name, image and likeness to promote them, their, the university and the in the team. We'll work on
2: it.
0: We'll get better at talking about it. But I think that's a guy who we can still make a strong offer to him. But we also have other things that are appealing, right? We have the coaching relationship that's appealing. And you heard him speak to that on Brendel's interview on BCJ, where he's saying that I, I connected with West really well two years ago visited him, spoke to him for a few hours. It was a no-brainer. I'm coming to Cincinnati. He also is from Cincinnati. And so we had that to offer as well, where we have the home connection. So I think CJ Fredericks is an example where it was more than money and that helped you see. And I think any player that we can find in the portal where maybe it's more than just the top dollar, if they care about the relationship piece, if they care about where you're playing and playing in the best conference of college basketball, we're going to be in a good spot to land those guys. I. And there should be. I feel like there's there's those guys exist. They're out there, and Jamil Reynolds, TBD, solid role big. He was he was he was sought after by a few other strong schools. CJ Frederick sought after after a, real, a lot of strong schools. Um, hopefully, he stays healthy. His his game spoke for itself at at Iowa. Really high level player. And how we fill out this last spot is is to be determined. But I guess all that's to say is for people like Estrada
2: but the top guys who are going to leverage it for the top dollar, that's where I think we're not there. I think that's probably a safe assumption. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just, I think for the way I took when listening, the way I took it was you guys saying like, we're not to the level of Alabama or Ohio State or, you know, some of these schools, and we should be like, we're doing something where I think we're just we're not there yet, but I think we're moving in the right direction. And I know it's frustrating. Um, I think, Oh, don't get me wrong. I do think we should be. It's just, we're not there yet. Well, I would say we shouldn't be I would argue that but um, we can do that off.
1: That's why you're here. Yeah. That's why you're the, why why the unbrillian. Right? But I do,
2: before we get too far, I want to jump back to some of the things uh, you were saying, Hummer, about like this is, you know, a great place to come play college basketball. We have all of these things. We're in this urban environment. We have these pro sports teams, we have, you know, all of this other stuff. And why I think yeah, like we love it. We're UC grads. I do think a lot of schools probably um recruit against that a little bit I think that is could be a negative point like um you know if you're gonna go to UC you know you're never gonna be the biggest name in the city because there's Joe Burrow and there's all these other pro sports teams and they have a great football program you come play for the Kansas Jayhawks in Lawrence Kansas nobody gives a shit about anything else besides our men's basketball team so I do think that same thing I think with UK like there's nothing in Lexington Kentucky you and horse race guy wearing Jeff Ruby's outfit. Like I think that i lot, there's a lot yeah. of the
0: biggest programs are like that. Honestly, I think we talked we about this a few foo- years we ago. we mentioned that with, with college football sports in that. particular, that is unique in that the biggest
1: names in college football and, and draw a circle around the nearest professional football team. And there isn't one for quite a few hundred miles. Yeah. So uh, for the biggest college football teams.
2: So I, but I don't think that's an excuse. I'm not saying I don't think it's a negative thing. Different strokes for,
1: for different strokes.
2: But I just think it's, it's, thing it's is what it is. Yeah, it's taking. Like, all right, let's look at the other side of it too. Um,
1: I think that's why we've been successful with New York. Mick Mick recruited New York heavily. Sean Kilpatrick is is probably one of the biggest names we know from Brooklyn. And when when I remember, this might have been a Sean Kilpatrick quote was literally legitimately saying the reason why he loved Cincinnati was it reminded me of Brooklyn. It reminded me of New York. It's urban, but it's not as crazy as New York.
2: And I think, I think that's why we have success. Um, if we can get players to campus, too, um, you know, totally. I mean, not really apples to apples comparison, but like on the just in terms of attendance for the university, like that's the biggest thing. If if we can get students. That are not from Cincinnati to campus like the the odds of them coming to school here are like astronomical compared to someone who is kind of going through their entire process without visiting. um, The physical campus so I do think I mean I think people are always super caught off guard and surprised by what Cincinnati offers and I think. Again, I think we're close i'm not i'm not making. I'm not trying to make excuses. Um, I think this is a big year for for the basketball program. I think it's a big year for Wes um, to take a step forward in his not only player development, but also just coaching development, situational development and game adjustments. And I think we're having a, a totally different conversation uh, this time next year. I
1: would say the conversation next year is actually going to be really similar to this year. I think, and I say that, because, I say that for, for two reasons. One, we are going to a, a better conference. Our win total will, will, will decrease. I think, I think our, win, I think we'll still have lots of wins. I think we'll be, there is a chance maybe we're, we're borderline bubble if we overperform, but I think if we perform where our expectations are, I think we're, we're probably NIT ish. But I also think because we know that the contract set up for Wes Miller is designed to give him time that this is a buffer year. I think this is a year that's built into the contract at the buffer. So if if it's not as successful as you would be, it's next year is when we're looking that that's when next this year, if we make the tournament overachieve the following year, we're expecting to make the tournament. We're going to make the tournament. That's the best point Hummer
0: made on the last episode, in my opinion, thinking back on it, was was how this sets up not for next year but the year after in terms of the development curve of Vic Locken being a senior, being a guy who we all know I'm projecting to be quite good, Uh, the development curve of of Reynolds being in the monster factory for a season and being someone who can score in the low, low post, but also the development of skillings, jizzle, rayvon reed you have this young core of bearcats and, and that includes a, a dayday thomas as well this young core of bearcats that will have a year under their belts in big 12 basketball they will have another year under west miller west miller will have another year of improving that coaching acumen and maybe implementing a style of play that's more consistent game to game and that it does set itself up for another year of, of nil fundraising another another year of buzz in the big 12 another year of of all the other hype that comes with being in the Big 12 and apparel and whatever whatever the case may be, I think that point by Hummer that 2024-25 that is the year it's setting up for where there's a ton of pressure on Wes Miller for great results, for making the tournament and having the kind of hype where it's like we're going to win some games in the tournament. That's what I think it's setting up for. I think this year is setting up more for a, a stopgap year, a year where we look for the development of younger players, we look for the silver linings and and what jizzle and rayvon could bring in the future but in terms of on-court results i mean look at look at how we played last season where you get 23 victories no real victories of significance and we're going to play only those types of games in conference season next next year and i know some people are making the case the big 12 will regress somewhat but it's going to be a
1: different talking beast about adding conference non-conference conference games in november just so we play everybody in the conference
2: would that count again? When I read that, someone shared that. In the I Discord. don't think it would I count. It, I don't. Yeah, I was thinking th- it was like a preseason thing, right?
1: It doesn't matter. We're still going to play them. <laughs> like those, are, we're going to be. We're, they're going to. Oh, like they wouldn't even they count would. on the record. I don't. I don't know if, or at least Did I just, don't know if they would count towards our conference record. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. All I'm saying is they're going to add extra games that are "quote unquote" Big 12 caliber conference games. And that's, that's daunting, like, that's, that's a daunting task when you when you say you want to add four more of the toughest basketball in college to, to your schedule. So I don't know, this is, a, I'm a big West fan. And I'm just saying next year, if we make the tournament, I think it's if they, I think we're overachieving. I think the following year is the year where it's like, yeah, this is this is the time we got a lot all the pieces will be in place. We're not going to be relying on the portal next year. Portal Nick. will be adding a piece that you need, but if you don't get it, it won't matter because we will have the pieces on the roster already. And Wes is such a great relationship guy that I'm not really worried about people poaching our young talent. I agree.
2: 100%. Nick, your
0: first running in Budsman here was very strong. I think you set a high bar for anybody who's coming for the job. You've assumed the sale in your profile. Nick was not kidding, Hummer. If you go to his Twitter we already talked profile, about this. I went. Which, I went um, and scrolled through his we Twitter. We should share. <laughs> N R at N R Bauer B A U E R. If you want to follow Nick and all of his fun Bearcat content online, any final thoughts before we we wrap it up here? I know I, I know we did this longer than maybe I was expecting, but first time, I think uh, I think it was great. You were making us clarify. You're making you're this, challenging uh, us on some points. yes
2: yeah. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, this was my podcast fantastic. debut, so apologies for the audio listeners if I'm too loud or started to talk over somebody. Um, yeah, definitely, if you're listening, follow me on Twitter, although my my Twitter is a lot more uh, calm these days. I, I don't fire off the takes. Uh, I think I deleted something like 23,000 tweets before I before I took my job at the university. <laughs> That's
1: what the podcast is for. Um, you can say it on here. And it and it basically goes away after 24 hours.
2: And <laughs> I do. Uh, I just want to with, I loved your segment with Justin Williams, uh, trying to guess his burner in the discord. And so I will leave <laughs> you with this fact that I'm yes, I'm at NR Bauer on the discord. But I do have a second identity in the Discord, uh, which I will not reveal. But I do have a burner.
1: Is are you a Question: Are you active with the burner? Are you an active participant?
2: I'm not going to confirm or deny, and I won't give any any further hints. Yes. Uh, maybe for the return, the return episode this time next year, I can reveal who I am. But what a. It's just a mind-blowing bomb you
0: dropped in here. Um, Do you have any predictions on who Justin Williams is? I have is? no idea. But do you have no a theory? Any sleuthing gun? Okay. Do you he, think he actually had he one in like there? He
2: seems like a straight shooter, and he he was leading on. That he, he never said he did, there, though. Yeah. He never said he did. Well, he said, if you guess it, I'll tell you. It seemed like he did. And I feel like... Mm. Yeah,
0: and then he said, if I have one. And it felt yeah. like you've got one in there. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I'll put some thought into it. I, don't, I, I, I've conflicted feelings. I'm like, do we just set a crazy precedent where this guy's now got a burner in the Discord and can just be like a chaos agent? <laughs> Are you burner, the guy who's come in and already been accused of being a Lisa Brandon burner? I don't, I
2: don't Lisa know. You can, uh, if you guys, if you guys guess it off air, I will let you know. <laughs>
0: Well, let's go off air. Nick, we appreciate you jumping on to do this. Very good time. Uh, we're going to spend the next few weeks uh, of this offseason to to sort out and find an official ombudsman. But very strong start for anybody who is is interested in the job. This is the bar. Nick has said it. Nick has set a very high bar. Sir, it's been great to have you on the podcast and finally getting you on here, despite the fact that your Lord and Savior Kalua Zikbe did not live up to his... Uh, conference play. There will be there will be
2: another one to follow. I'll have more predictions this coming year. So no worries. Uh thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Good night and good luck, sir. Cheers, buddy.